Good evening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching Talking Sports with Evan. I am Evan Wittallison, and another edition of Talking Sports with Evan. And last week, and big thank you once again to Alex Drove for coming on and uh, joining me, talking about the Packers' defensive coordinator position, which we were going to talk about options instead of the Packers actually hiring somebody. But nonetheless, they did make the hiring right before we started. But since my show last week with Alex, the Milwaukee Brewers have made a couple trades. One uh, blockbuster trade, sending Corbin Burns to Baltimore. The Packers have kind of rounded out their defensive staff a little bit. And the Milwaukee Bucks have had a, a road trip with Doc Rivers. And although the wins and losses aren't looking the way we want them to thus far, they're looking better overall. And today's show, I am going to be discussing uh, just what I just talked about. And the Packers did hire, as I mentioned, Jeff Halfley to be their new defensive coordinator. He comes from Boston College. I'm going to have a guest on Thursday, uh, Dusty Everly, scheduled to appear. If that changes, I'll let you all know. But Dusty Everly, he uh, shortly after the Packers made the announcement of uh, their defensive coordinator, has done quite the the breakdown of the coordinator and what to expect. I'm going to talk touch briefly on that, but I'm going to save most of the Packer defensive uh, coordinators uh, spotlight to Dusty and get his thoughts on what the uh, the Packers need to do. But first things first, first thing up on my agenda is the Brewers traded Corbin Burns. And it's something that had potentially was going to happen for a while now. It's, it's not, it's, so it's a trade that I expected. And to be perfectly transparent, I'm not necessarily mad that they traded Corbin Burns. I understand the economics of baseball. I do. I, I get the economics of baseball. I studied some economics in college. I get it. I understand that the likelihood of him signing a long-term extension in Milwaukee was very unlikely. So sell while the selling's hot. Sell while the iron's hot, I guess is the correct term. The key word is sell, you know, sell while it's hot. I'm not a big fan of the return the Brewers got for Corbin Burns. I'm really not. I, I get trading him, but I'm not a big fan of the return. They got shortstop, utility infield, Joey Ortiz. And Joey Ortiz could potentially develop into a solid player. He's a very high-quality defense, which the Brewers already have in Willie Adamas. They already have in... In their second baseman, um, they already have you know they already have it with them. Ortiz had a small drink of water, maybe a, a thimble of water at the big league level last year. Doesn't really have anything to show for it. But career major league level, a career in his his career in the minors, he in four minor league seasons has a 286 average, a 357 on base, a 449 slugging, and 806 OPS. 
He's hit 12, uh, 33 home runs, 177 RBIs, and 1,219 at-bats. Okay, he, he can hit a little bit. In college, he batted a 402, 510, 913 stat line. All six levels, college, minors, majors, and everything else, he uh, is at a 305 career average. Two seasons in double A, he has a stat line of 327, 383, 521, 904. So as he's continuously gone up the ladder in the minors, he's hit better. In two seasons in the minor, in triple A, I mean, he has 13 home runs and seven, uh, 72 RBIs and 148 hits and 453 at-bats. And 495 at-bats in double A, 19 home runs, 80 RBIs. He also had 17 stolen bases at AAA. So he, he's a guy that can have some pop to his bat. Question is, is he does the bat get better uh, in the big league level? Then they get pitcher D.L. Hall. And D.L. and the 34th pick in the draft. So it's the competitive, it's still a first round pick. It's the competitive balance pick. So after all the teams draft in the first round, there's a number of competitive balance picks after that. The issue I have is I don't think they sold high. CBS Sports gives the trade a C and they say that they feel it's a touch generous. Um, Ortiz, just 25, appeared in 15 big league games last season, uh, performed better in the minors. Outstanding defensive infield with some offensive promise. Uh, hit more than 45% of his batted balls over 95 miles per hour. Never going to be a big home run hitter. His average launch angle, 8.5 degrees. Should be able to collect enough hits and walks to avoid being viewed as the modern Jack Wilson. Um, the issue with getting Ortiz, you have Willie Adamas, which now the the Brewers have said that they're open for business on trading Willie Adamas. So you got Willie Adamas. Now you got Ortiz. So you really have two shortstops now. And maybe Ortiz can bat to play second base or third base. Maybe. I don't know. But unless you trade Willie Adamas, you now have two shortstops. You have Terang, who can play second or short. He's a very good defensive infielder. And you got guys that don't, you know, Adamas hits for a lot of power, but very low average. Uh, Ortiz hits with high average, but low power. Terang, strong defense, not so strong offense. And then you go to Hall. He appeared in 29 games, all but one in relief for the last two seasons. He has a 4.36 ERA and a 3.82 strikeout to walk ratio. He has high he has starter quality stuff and reliever quality command. His high ball his fastball sits in the mid 90s, uh plays faster thanks to his deep release points. His secondary pitch is a slider that has drawn more than 30% whiffs at the big league level. And he also has a change-up and a curveball. The problem with uh, Hall is he hasn't been necessarily able to stay healthy. I, I heard the the joke about him is his nickname is I.L. Hall, injured list Hall. 
I guess DL Hall would fit too when it used to be called the disabled list. Disabled list. I I think the Brewers could have done better. That's my issue with the trade, and trading Corbin Burns, you're sending mixed messages. You're sending mixed messages in the way you just signed Hoskins, a big money first baseman, hits hard, hits uh, power. He's not the revolving door you've had at first base over the last pretty much since Prince Fielder left. He is an actual big league first baseman. You sign him, and you're like, okay, the Brewers are going to try to capitalize on the last year or two of control over a number of the guys they have on their team. Awesome. And then you send the mixed message of trading Corbin Burns. Why sign Hoskins if you're going to trade Corbin Burns? That's the question I have. Why sign your first baseman when you trade your all-star pitcher? And I get if you waited any longer to trade him, his value would go down. I get that. But unless the deal was right, and maybe Matt Arnold felt this was the best deal he was going to get, but unless the deal is right, unless you feel you're getting your true value back, you don't trade. And in my mind, this is a trade for the sake of making a trade. We wanted to get it done before spring training, so we're going to take this trade from Baltimore. I think you could have got more for Baltimore. Baltimore is a team that is an ace caliber pitcher, which Corbin Burns is. He's a former Cy Young Award winner. They are a ace pitcher away from being a legit contender in the AL. The AL is wide open. You have Houston, you have Baltimore, and Seattle's up and coming. There's still Toronto and New York, but this puts Baltimore in the driver's seat in the AL East and likely in the driver's seat of the AL. They needed, the the Baltimore Orioles needed this trade for Corbin Burns more than the Brewers needed to make the trade. So that should give you some more leverage in the deal. To me, I felt like the Brewers, the Brewers settled. I believe the Brewers settled in this trade. Because Baltimore needed Corbin Burns more than the Brewers did. Because he was going to leave at the end of the year anyway. And I I don't think they sold high enough. That's my concern with the trade. Right now, the starting rotation, you got Freddie Peralta. Made 30 starts in 23. 386 ERA. 210 strikeouts. But he's had a history of not being able to stay healthy. Wade Miley, 37-year-old left-hander, 3-1-4 ERA, pitched 120 innings last year. But guess what? He was not able to stay healthy last year. He spent a lot of time on the IL. Aaron Ashby, very dangerous stuff. Very, very good big league level stuff. Question is his health. He missed all of 23 with a shoulder injury. And we'll see. He has 23 career starts. We'll see if that shoulder is fully healed. And if it is, Ashby is definitely a pitcher that can definitely do very well for you. Then you have their other signing they just made, Jacob Junis, right-handed pitcher. 
He uh, had a 3.87 ERA last year with the Giants, but did it in relief. Um, he'll likely be a starter in Milwaukee. Made 17 starts with the Giants in 2022. 110 career starts overall. To make room for Junis, they de- designated for assignment Ethan Small and then traded him to the Giants for cash consideration. So, in a way, they traded at, they traded um, Small for Junis. But, and I don't mind trading away Ethan Small. He walks too many batters, and I, he's been passed over by other guys in the minors. Then you have Colin Ray. He did have a 4.55 ERA last year, but he was pretty much what you wanted in a, a sixth starter. I know he was in the rotation for a good chunk of the year. He had 38 walks and 124 innings with 110 strikeouts, a quality whip. But he was a guy you typically want for a spot start, fifth starter, sixth starter type role. But with the trade of Corbin Burns, his role in, in, uh, goes up a little bit. D.L. Hall, he is a big league ready pitcher. He could be in the rotation this year. And then the other guy that could be in the rotation is Robert Gasser. He went 9-1 with a 379 ERA in Nashville last season. And they got him in the Josh Hader trade. And he's ready to be in the big leagues. And he might they might start him in, in Milwaukee to start the season rather than being in Nashville. Other options, you have Joe Ross, Jason Junk, Jacob Mizorowski. I think I don't I don't think he'll be on the opening day roster, but I think Jacob Mizorowski will be on the roster at least by the end of June, if not sooner. And you have Carlos Rodriguez. And with the bullpen, you got Devin Williams, Joel Piampas, Obner Rebe, Hobie Milner, Elvis Pagero, Trevor Beagle. Bryce Wilson, Taylor Clark. You also have DL Hugh, uh, DL um, pitcher they got for Corbin Burns. I would call him DL Hughley, but anyways, you have him who uh, him who can potentially take over. But catcher, we got William Contreras as your everyday catcher with Eric Haas, uh, Heiss, uh, your backup. Jefferson Kiro, who will likely be. In the big league levels by the end of the year. First baseman, you got Rice Hoskins, who's coming off a torn ACL. You got Terang and Miller battling out for second base currently. Oliver Dunn, Jami Jones uh, potentially there too. You have Willie Adamas and Joey Ortiz at your shortstop. Andrew Monasterio and Tyler Black at your third base. And your outfielders. You got your Christian Yellis, your Jackson Chorio. You have your Sal Freelich, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, and Blake Perkins. I would not be surprised if by the end of spring training, one of Weimer or Mitchell, and unfortunately possibly Freelich, is traded by the end of spring training. Because you just signed uh, Jackson to a massive extension before he's even played in the big league level. He hasn't even reached 20 yet. Yelich is already there at left field. Chiro, you got to imagine, is going to be either in center or right. So then you got Self Freelick, Garrett Mitchell, and Joey Weimer. You don't need all three. 
So I don't think the Brewers are done trading. But like I said, to to backtrack, I guess, on what I said, I am not a fan of the Corbin Burns trade. And the biggest reason I'm not a fan of the trade is I think you're sending mixed messages on if you're trying to compete for the playoffs or rebuild. You're sending mixed messages with the Hoskins signings and then that trade. And I don't think you got enough because Baltimore needed Corbin Burns more than you did. So I don't think you had to trade him right then and there. We'll see what happens with the Brewers come spring training, come opening day. Are they going to be legit playoff contenders or not? I don't know. But I am excited but also disappointed at the same time. Moving on, again, this is Talking Sports with Evan. You can find this show on Twitter at Evan with Sports, live video every week. You can find it on YouTube, Talking Sports with Evan. Subscribe and share. And you can find it on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. Like the page and let's have some conversation about sports. Uh, Packers signed a new defensive coordinator, Jeff Halfley. I mentioned I'm going to have Dusty Everly on the show on Thursday to talk about that more in depth. But it's looking like the Packers are going to switch to more of a four. I'm not going to say a four three because you're going to see a lot of nickel. But they're going to have more of a four man front for people in their three point stance. And I'm going to talk to Dusty about. Uh, do the Packers currently have the personnel to run that scheme or not and what they need to do. Other uh, Packer conversation I want to have here today, I mentioned uh, uh, two weeks ago that I'll talk about this, and then I ended up not. And then I, um, well, I guess I'll go over Jeff Halfley's um, staff right now. Um, defensive line, Jason Rubber. Reb Rafikovich, he was the outside linebackers coach last year. He's the defensive line coach this year. Um, they brought in the defensive, uh, to be assistant defensive line coach, they brought in one of his assistants that he uh, halfway used to have in Boston College. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the name right now. Brought in linebackers coach Anthony Campanelli, who is a hot name as a defensive coordinator this past cycle. Brought him and Ryan Downward is going to be the safety's defensive backs coach. Don't have a cornerbacks coach at the moment and don't have a quality control coach. So the one thing I will say about the Packers uh, signing their defensive coordinator, because when it happened, there was speculation of would they, would the new coordinator get to hire his new staff? And it looked like they did. Uh, looks like he will get to bring in his own staff. Packers have a number of free agents, and I kind of hint uh, touched on this a little bit with um, Alex last week, but I'm going to kind of give my opinion if they're going to be back or not. Starting off with offensive lineman Yash Nijman. Nijman, he uh, just 28 years old, played right tackle after Zach Tom got one out in the divisional round, didn't do a very good job at it. And he's kind of been your swing tackle, has not been able to seize the right or left tackle position long-term in Green Bay. Uh, Walker got the left tackle spot. Zach Tom is an all-pro caliber right tackle. 
Nijman doesn't really have a spot in Green Bay unless he wants to continue to be a swing tackle. And I think the Packers have maximized what he is. So I think it's best to move on from Nijman. Keyshawn Nixon, with the old system, I was not looking, I wasn't going to be pounding my chest to bring back Keyshawn Nixon. Sorry about that. I don't know what that just was. Probably an ad on whatever screen I had open. Uh, but I think Nixon has value at safety potentially in this new um, this new defense the Packers are going to play. So I, I say bring him back. Darnell Savage, I think you should bring him back on a one-year deal, kind of a prove-it deal. But I'm fine if they let him go. Jonathan Ford, Rudy Ford. I'm fine bringing him back. You, you, you're going to have a complete empty safety room if you don't. A.J. Dillon, I think you let him test the market. And if he can get better than what the Packers are willing to pay, thank you for all the years, A.J. Best of luck to you. Appreciate it. Eric Wilson, good special teams guy. I think he'll be back. Josiah Degara, he gone. Tyler Davis, I, they like him a lot. I think they bring him back, uh, and he gets a chance to compete for a roster spot in training camp. Jonathan Owens, I'm indifferent. I think he's a good guy to have around the team, but if you want to be a serious contender, which because of what you did this season, expectations are, are higher now, you gotta you gotta get more talented in that safety room, and I think you can definitely do better than Jonathan Owens. Zane Anderson, I still don't know if he's a real person or not. He his name popped up on the injury report pretty much every week, but nobody really knew who he was. I don't really have an opinion. Robert Rochelle, he was just an extra body to have around by the end of the year. John Runyon, uh He's another guy. I think you've maximized what you're going to get out of him. And I think it's fine to show John Runyon in the door. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Caleb Jones. I like him as a project, a tackle. I think you bring him back. Uh, he would be an exclusive rights free agent, so he's not going to cost a lot of money. Daniel Whelan, you bring back as an exclusive rights free agent. Benny Sapp, indifferent. Taylor, just let him go. Bull Milton will be back, and Christian Uphoff, another who, don't really know who he is, another safety that the Packers had on their roster at one point. So really, the only people from the Packers I'm trying to bring back for sure would be Keyshawn Nixon. Um, free agent-wise, that's really the only one that I you know, he gives you value on special teams. I think he can be a very good safety in this new defensive scheme. I'm not going to break the bank for Savage. I'm not going to break the bank for A.J. Dillon, but I wouldn't mind having them back. And Caleb Jones and Whelan are guys I would want back. Everybody else, they're bottom-of-the-roster type bodies. You can do better. Finally, Milwaukee Bucks. They're about to take on the Phoenix Suns, if it's not tipped already. The Bucks have had a one and one and three road trips so far. They're taking on the 
the Suns tonight to try to make it a two and three, uh, two and three road trip. And they're going to be without uh, Damian Lillard in order to do it. And my biggest worry about the Milwaukee Bucks right now, there's there's really two big worries I have. The biggest one is their bench. Their bench is not good. The Bucks bench is not good whatsoever. That's an area they definitely need to address at the trade deadline. They have to improve the bench. They got to find other options. Pat C isn't really do, cutting it anymore. Bobby Portis is too inconsistent. Jay Crowder doesn't give you a lot offensively. Biggest problem is the Bucks get outscored big time every game from the bench, and they've lost at least five games that I can count. That if the you take the benches out of the equation, the Bucks easily win. Couple of games against Indiana, against Portland, against Utah. There, those are games that if your bench and their bench weren't weren't included in the stats, and I know basketball doesn't work that way, the Bucks would have won easily. They have to improve the bench, and the best way to do that to me is find a guard to start alongside Damian Lillard and have Beasley come off the bench. You have Beasley's shooting and scoring ability coming off the bench now instead of Campaign, who uh, is off more than he's on. Bobby Portis, who's been down more than up this year. And Pat C., who uh, I think you've already maximized what he is. And I think it's time to move on. Eric Name, every year, puts together towards the trade deadline, the NBA trade deadline premiere. And he proposed some trades that the Milwaukee Bucks could explore to try to improve. All the buzz is the Bucks are going to make a move. The problem, excuse me, the problem is they don't have a lot of draft assets at their disposal. They would have to likely improve, uh, include other teams in order to get these trades done. And one of the things that Eric Name does is give you hypothetical trades that realistically could work. One, his first trade option, Utah Jazz guard Chris Dunn to the Bucks for Marjan Bochamp, Bochamp, who really has fallen out of the rotation lately, and Portland's 2024 second round pick. Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn gives maximum effort on defense. And he's another ball handler to have on the court along with Dame. I would be okay with Chris Dunn. He's 29, uh, started 24 games, 42 appearances, final year of a two-year deal. He signed with the Jazz last summer, or the summer of 2022. If the Bucks trade for Dunn, they would also acquire his early bird rights, which would allow him to re-sign him for a figure over the minimal this summer if things would work out. Trade number two. Hawks guard DeJounte Murray to the Bucks for Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, Marjan Bullcamp, Portland's 2024 second-round pick, and Milwaukee's 2027 second-round pick. In order to get Murray, the Bucks would probably have to include another team. But I don't think that gets you Murray. The one that's kind of the steam has died down on 
Dallas trade forward Grant Williams to the Bucks for Bobby Portis. That was uh, talked a lot about uh, the past couple days, but now the team's kind of falling out. I'm not sure if I would admit like that trade as uh, Williams just signed a four-year, $53.3 million contract. Things have not been working out well for Williams in Dallas. And if you bring Williams in and it doesn't work out, that's a lot of money to be paying him. You, you have him for another three years if things don't work out. And you're not gonna you're gonna have a hard time getting that money off the books. Bonus hypothetical trade: uh, Washington Wizards guard DeLon Wright to the Bucks for Pat Connaughton. Uh, Wright's thirty-one, could come off the bench for Lillard as a backup point guard. Could also play aside him. Um, play pretty well for the Raptors when he was there. And his value, not really sure what it is. But what I just talked about from Eric name, you can find at The Athletic. I I, I like The Athletic. I highly encourage, highly recommend you uh, taking advantage of the deals that The Athletic always seem to have. So this was Talking Sports with Evan. Hope you enjoyed my ramblings here tonight. Follow me on Twitter at Evan Witt Sports. Facebook and uh, YouTube, Talking Sports with Evan, and Dusty Everly tentatively scheduled to appear on Thursday. And we're going to talk more specific scheme things with the Packers' new defensive coordinator. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. I will talk to you later.